This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Welcome to the Nakuda podcast for Parshas Lech Lecha. This is going to be a little bit deeper perhaps than uh, some of the things we've discussed, but I wanted to open up a discussion of something that's a little uh, not not uh, perhaps understood so much or dealt with so much but um, it's important I think that we uh, discuss this from time to time um, because it's important to deepen our perspective of what's really going on and especially in times like ours where a lot of things are happening in the world and uh, a lot of times it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense so if we can get a, a little bit more perspective on what's really going on according to according to Toyota uh, and why things sometimes happens, happen the way they do. Uh, as we know, even back to Parsha's Bracious, that the name Abraham was uh, hinted at, Remez, to the name of Ruam in the uh, word Hebar-Am, which is the word of Ruam uh, with the letters reversed. And that indicates that Avruam, the, the, uh, the role, the, the character, the tzaddik, whatever you want to call him, was very much a part of creation as a whole. It's uh, The world would not have been created without the existence of Avraham Avinu. First of all, of course, he was the, you know, the forefather of the Jewish people. And also he represents the Midah of Chesed, which we say, Oilam Chesed Yibuna, the world was created on Chesed, Chesed being love, Chesed being giving, kindness, all this kind of thing. The world would not have been created if it had been for the Midah of Chesed being embodied within the world. So the personality or the, the midah, the, the character of, of Romavini was, was anticipated from, from the very beginning of the world. Avramov is also very, uh, the first that really specifically tried to correct the hate of, uh, of Anamarishan, hate of Sadas, dedicated his life to that, as all the Elvis did. And need all the tzaddikim, all the generations, but they certainly had probably probably the biggest the biggest hand in, in trying to correct that. Um, so, anyways, it's very very uh, very big foundation to the creation of the world as a whole. And in this parsha, uh, I mean, the previous parsha really we already are, are told that, that uh, of Rumavini was um, uh, searching for Hashem. He was, he was looking for Hashem. And in this parsha, Hashem actually gives him a direction to leave his hometown and to uh, go to Eretz Yisrael because Eretz Yisrael is the place that he's ultimately going to give him. Uh, and this is itself a, a question that seems pretty obvious, is that Hashem promises him and the other of us as well that he is going to ultimately give them uh, the land of Eretz Yisrael to him and his descendants, or to, to his descendants, not actually to him. 
And this is considered to be a very, very big thing. And Hashem uh, makes the priest spin up a surim, which is a promise, a covenant, that he's going to ultimately give this land to his children. But he doesn't give it to him himself. And we even uh, mentioned in the uh, parsha with Lot that uh, Lot's, Lot's shepherds already wanted to take um, possession or more or less you know, use the land as if it was theirs uh, on the basis of that promise. Um, when, it, when they hadn't really acquired it yet. And, you know, we find out uh, later on that uh, that Avromavini has to purchase the land of the Pela from the Menechais. So even to that extent, where his own, as, as a burial ground, he has to, I mean, he wanted to do it. He, 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 uh, uh, he could have probably gotten it for nothing, but he, he wanted to acquire it. But even so, just the very fact that he wanted to pay for it means that he did not consider the land to belong to him already. He had not actually acquired it, uh, even though Hashem himself had promised it to him. So why is it so important to have this promise? And why is it so important to, to have this whole anticipation, you know, with all these promises and all of these the covenants and everything else for something that hasn't happened yet? Especially something where um, the... It's one thing to say that, you know, you are going to be my uh, ambassador around the world and, you know, I'm... I'm going to ultimately commit myself to your, to your descendants as as being there, um, as, as you know, having this unique position. Bni bechori, you know, that you you become my bechor and you become you know my my high priest and everything else. Um, so that's all promises, and that would seem to be on a deeper level than the land. What's what's the big deal with the land, Dafka? You know, and this is uh, until today. That's a very big issue. What's, why are we so committed to the land? Now, with the modern state, um, probably more than anything, the desire for the land was as a desire to uh, avoid persecution or as a result of the Holocaust. I mean, on, on a political basis, that seemed to be the major uh, push why you know Jews wanted to have their own land so they could be secure. Uh, if, if security was really the motivation, that's pretty suspect because look at the, you know what happened to the uh, Migdal Bovel where they, they wanted to create this this uh, huge uh, tower for their own security. They just wanted to, you know, nobody should be able to, even Hashem themselves should be able to throw them out of there. So if that's really the major motivation to, um, you know, to... Uh, to, to acquire the land just so we should be secure. We saw that it you know, ultimately wasn't so secure after all because Hashem did throw us out of there a couple of times anyway. So the point is that that um, what is the acquisition of the land about? And once again, why did it have to be uh, anticipated and foretold and, and uh, so far in advance, uh, even when it was not actually legally acquired until much later? Um, okay, so there's a lot of um, questions about this particular instruction to Avram to go into this, this whole command of Lech Lecho. And it's asked, what was the big Nisoyan? This is considered one of the ten Nisoyanists. Now, on the one hand, being exiled from one's home, you know, to leave one home and go someplace else is uh, a difficult thing. I mean, it's not, it's, it is a challenge, but a lot of people do it. I mean, there are many people that leave the place where they were brought up and go to a totally different place. So it wouldn't seem to be, you know, something that 
that on, on the level of a, of a major, major assignment, something like Akeda or something like that. So what, what was the big uh, test involved here? So the, um, the Oivisol wants to uh, propose that the reason why it was such a test was that specifically because he was he was informed. First of all, yes, you know, what's the big deal if Hashem tells you to do something is he's talking to you directly and he tells you to go someplace. So, you know, of course you're going to do it. You know, what's, what's the big deal? So he says that because he was promised this, these promises of a God, the Shemecho, Hashem promises him all kinds of benefits that he's going to get ultimately by going to Eskenan. Uh, so what is the, uh, it makes it even less of a challenge because Hashem himself is promising you that you're going to come out, you know, with so much, uh, so many benefits. Why wouldn't you want to go? So he says, on the contrary, because a tzaddik knows, I'm sorry, the level of a form of any for sure, knows that uh, in order for a mitzvah to be, uh, to accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish, and certainly, you know, the main reason why a tzaddik wants to, uh, wants to, to, to serve Hashem is to give Hashem pleasure and not for his own benefit. So if Hashem is promising him that he's going to get all these benefits, he has to be able to to not only disregard what Hashem is telling about these benefits and do it for his sake with uh, with without any self-interest, but he has to actually overcome it to the point where this is specifically not the reason why he's going. Because he has to like wipe that out of his, his consciousness so he's, he's not doing it at all uh, for the sake of those benefits. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's considered to be not lishma. And if it's not lishma, then it uh, has very little value, so especially something on this level of importance where you're, you're talking about you know, establishing a presence in, in Eretz Yisrael for all time. And then we have to think about what is the big deal about establishing a presence there in advance? As I said before, why he's not going to actually own it anyway for several generations? Why does he have to do a dafka now? So there is something called uh, Rashi brings down this idea of maisa uva similar bonim that something that the, that the fathers do is we is, is establishing a precedent or it's it's it's. Uh, creating an act which is now going to be the foundation for acts that will be done in the future by the descendants. So we see this, for example, the Maisa with the, that he, which is actually kind of a negative thing, that he went to Ibn Sraim because of the famine, and then that, and went to Paro's house, and that became a precedent for what Yitzhak did with Rivka, he went to the Navi Melech, went to famine, even though that he didn't leave it as but it was the same kind of situation. And ultimately, it paved the way for going down to Mitzrayim for when, when uh, Yaakov and his uh, sons went to Mitzrayim and ultimately established the, uh, the presence there that uh, led to the Sheba Mitzrayim and, and coming out of Mitzrayim and seized Mitzrayim uh, and going to Eretz Yisrael finally afterwards. So all of these things established uh, uh, something in 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 history, something in time that would ultimately be repeated. So that means that there is a foreshadowing. This is the way Hashem works. This is the way life works. That things, history repeats itself. There's an idea that something gets established as a precedent 
and then it is going to repeat it after that. There's also an idea of of uh, and this is uh, in general, and this is one of the major points I wanted to deal with. It's a very very profound concept, and I don't expect to really, you know, cover the whole thing today, but. The basic idea is that there's an idea of mikoyach elapoyel. Everything starts in potential and in thought, in Hashem's thought, so to speak. We talk about the machshovah kedima. Hashem has a, has a thought which precedes action. And it goes through various levels until it comes into what we call reality. In time, for, for a thing to be, uh, to, to actually come out in, in action in the world, it first has to be preceded by existing in thought and then in speech and then in action. So Hashem had to have the intention to begin with, and really from, from the very beginning, as everything was established already at the beginning, he always had to, as, as the intention to the beginning to do certain things that are going to become historical events after, you know, after, later on. So the idea that he had already planned, he had already d- determined that he was going to give Eretz you know, the land of Canaan to to the, the descendants of Ephraim was from the very beginning, but it had to the, it, it had to first exist in thought and then exist in dibur by telling uh, of of, of Vina that he was going to inherit the land and that's the promises and then ultimately we come out in action. So for this the idea for the completion for for an act to be complete, it has to involve all of these. Levels all of these dimensions until it finally comes out and is manifested in, in, uh, um, in action. So, for everything that happens, there's an idea that that everything exists first on a conceptual level. It's, 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 there's a conceptual framework, and what is that conceptual framework? The basis for the conceptual framework is that Hashem has to be known in the world. In other words. He knows himself, but in order for him to be known, in order for him to have a presence in the world and be able to have, have the, the relationship that he wants to have with the world, the whole idea is that his presence has to be known by human beings on the world. Was, humanity has to be aware of Hashem. And it's Davka, the, the uh, task, the, the, uh, the mission of the Avos and the Tzadikim and the Yidin in general as a Jewish people is here to make Hashem known, to make Hashem, to connect Hashem with the world, to make sure that people know that Hashem is connected to the world and and that Hashem is interacting with, with, with all creation. And that's our job is to create that consciousness. So when Avraham Avidi comes into the land, after Hashem tells him, that he is ultimately going to give him that land, Hashem immediately sets out to make Hashem's presence known in the world through his his behavior. I mean, this is the whole thing about having the Eishel of Rom and the uh, and getting people to make brachas on their food and all these kinds of things are to davka increase consciousness of Hashem in the world. And that, this is also the idea is very interesting that we talk a few places about uh, about uh, that, that, that Avram Vini builds in the world. Mizbeach, a, 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 uh, an altar, is a kind of a monument 
to Hashem. It's, it's a physical landmark that becomes a place where, 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 where Avrum is, this is true of all the others, that they're calling the name of Hashem in that place. So they're associating directly Hashem himself with a specific place in Eretz Yisrael. And calling it again, calling Hashem a name, which is a very significant thing. We're talking about who we're talking about. We're not talking about some kind of a Vodazura. We're talking about Hashem, you know, the Shem Avaya. This is this is the Hashem that we're worshiping, that that the, the creator of the world, the only God. So this is uh, extremely significant. So that that is the essence of making Hashem known in the world is by serving Hashem in the world and making it uh, known, publicizing the fact that this. This Mizbeach is like itself a, a kind of a, a, um, uh, a gateway to Shemaim. It's a gateway to serving Hashem. And obviously this is the precursor of the, uh, of the Besamekdash itself, which is, you know, a, a total uh, society built around the Besamekdash. Here we're talking about one specific Mizbeach. But, you know, this, is, this, is, this, this same concept is amplified to the point where that becomes the concept of the, of the Beis HaMikdash as a whole. And the Beis HaMikdash as a whole is the gateway to be able to offer things to Hashem in Shemaim, uh, to be able to transform things in the Gashmias into the Ruchnias, something becomes you're transforming something from the physical into the spiritual, and you're dedicating to Hashem and all the, all the Yonim of the Kabbalists. So all of this is, is extremely important to understand that you know this 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 uh, um, especially you know the whole way to Yitzis Misraim and to the um, the building of the Mishkan in 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 the desert you know the way to to Yitzisrol, uh this whole period of time preceding the building of the Mishkan was dependent on building altars to Hashem. In, in Eretz Yisrael. This is like a major preoccupation that the, that the Elvis had. And, and, we, and it goes through different stages. And there's, there's a, as we get to, to Va'era, for example, in, in Shemois, and he's talking about, uh, you know, that, 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 even here in, in, in Lechlech, he's talking about Shem Hanira Eli, that Avromavidi is bearing witness to the fact that Hashem has appeared to me, and now I'm building this Mizbeach to uh, celebrate and, and, and commemorate Hashem, and to you know communicate with Hashem, and offer something to Hashem, that I am bearing witness to the fact that He appeared to me personally. So all of this is now establishing a foundation in the land. The, the, the land is now, it's, it's a gradual process. It was first, Hashem obviously planned it, thought about it, you know, again, Mokshavah, then he tells Avramavidi, this is the land that I'm going to get give to you. So that's already the next step. And then you've got Avramavidi himself traveling throughout the land, creating a presence for Hashem in the land, publicizing the existence of Hashem in the land. And now Hashem is associated forever with this land. And it had to go through this stage. This was an absolutely essential stage to go through. And the whole period of the others living in Eretz Yisrael, you know, uh, worshiping Hashem in Eretz Yisrael, all the stories associated with the, the Elvis in Eretz Yisrael. They, they are establishing a forever a presence in Eretz Yisrael which will, which will intensify and, and become more and more evident, obvious, and publicized until the actual, 
you know, coming over the the Kriyas uh, Yamsuf and the whole 40 years in the desert and then the, 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 the cost of the Arden and the, the conquest of the land and all of this stuff is a very gradual process. So this is what we have to appreciate. Things don't happen overnight. You know, I, I don't want to say Romans built in the day, but <laughs> I don't want to talk about the Romans. But the point is that everything takes time and goes through stages which you can't skip any of those stages. Everything is a gradual process where it has to get, uh, uh, little by little, it has to go someplace. And that's why things have to happen the way they do. And, uh, and ultimately, in, in, we talk about Mashiach's coming, it's also a process. It's not, and we see this in history. I mean, hopefully, it shouldn't, it shouldn't go backwards and have to, it shouldn't have to regress. But it seems to be progressing, obviously, to the, the, the concept of Kibbutz Goliath, which hasn't really happened yet, but it's, it's happening gradually, you could say, that there are more and more Yid Lamaisa coming to Eretz Yisrael, and it's becoming, uh, and uh, I would say that the, the Avodis Hashem, you know, the, the, the dedication of Hashem is also increasing. Uh, this is actually the, the root of why there's so much uh, division and, and Machleik is going on today, uh, because the, the leftists who have been uh, used to being in control are being, being feel like they're they're losing control because uh, there's such a such a, a, uh, a trend towards greater religiosity and and, and uh, you know the, all the, the uh, institutions of Torah and, and and this kind of thing are going are, are increasing to the point where they're feeling threatened but that's an inevitable process on the way to the coming of Mashiach so you know. This, this idea of people have a kind of an immature concept of what is Mashiach about. When you really look in detail into the, the Mikubolim and Leshem and others that talk about, you know, in, in putting, putting together all of the prophecies and everything to try to come with, up with like a more of a, like a timeline or an appreciation of, of once, you know, Hashem decides to bring Mashiach, you know, in, in, in imminently, uh, it, there's a whole lot of steps that have to go on, be gone through in order for it to become. The, the the real process that it that it it has you know that has to be so you know we can talk about this concept of achishena where Hashem will bring Mashiach uh, like before its time in a sense not not wait till it's completely ready but kind of preemptively uh, bring it sooner than is expected um, that's only assuming that there is a tremendous uh, turnover in in our own Will, in other words, if 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 uh, you know universally you Jews throughout the world were all of a sudden to completely turn themselves over and and you know and, and want to uh, serve Hashem, so that would bring Mashiach, you know, before its time. But if it keeps going gradually the way it's been going, uh, it's going to take a while, and and there's no way that you can skip any of the steps involved. And we've all think about you know even once Mashiach comes, it, it, it takes time. There's a, there's a, according to one of the shittas, the Trias Amesim is going to be over a period of 210 years. There's there's a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of stages going on and within Mashiach itself, even once Mashiach comes, there are many different levels of, you know, till we go back to the level of Adamarish uh, before the Chait, you know, with the glowing bodies of light and things like that. This is ultimately is going to happen, but it's going to take a while till we get there. What's going to happen with the Yom and everything? This is all a timeline, it's a process, and it's going to take, take time. The idea is that once a person understands, 
that Hashem has promised things, and Hashem doesn't go back in his promises. And this is basically inevitable. It's going to happen. So first of all, of course, we should, we should say to ourselves, you know, why should we be out for ourselves? If this is going to happen anyway, why not just, you know, right away, just, just accept Hashem's uh, kingdom and uh, his, his kingship and his, you know, his, his instructions and just, you know, not, not resist it. You know, it's our, follow, follow Hashem. So it would seem pretty, pretty obvious or pretty simple, you know, that that's obviously what we have to do. So if we really believed, if we worked on our, our, uh, our betochen to realize that all these prophecies and everything are inevitable, these things are going to happen one way or the other. So, you know, why not sooner than later? Um, so that's, that's one thing. And the other thing is, is to realize that everything that is happening is happening with a Seder. It's happening because it has to happen that way. So there's no question of, of, uh, of, of, of uh, fear or, you know, trepidation as if, you know, what happens if we don't come out of this or, or something like that. It's, it's obviously Hashem is, Hashem is behind this and he's doing it for a reason. And as long as we are dedicated to Hashem and we really want to do his will and we, we recognize that this is, you know, happening for a reason, then it should not be a cause for alarm or a cause for doubting, you know, Hashem or our own uh, our own security. That, that shouldn't even come into the equation because because we see and we've we've seen, you know, over time how many miracles have been uh, displayed, you know, in in in, in protecting us and and uh, and helping us, you know, through all these tribulations. And it's he's never failed failed us yet. So why should we be? Um, Upset. On the other hand, you know, bad things, people getting killed and stuff like that, doesn't is is, is something that we have to take muster from. You have to learn something from it. You have to become better. We, everyone on their own level, has to become better, uh, and we have to realize that you know that that when we don't serve Hashem the way we're supposed to, there are consequences, and otherwise things would happen in a very uh, uh, friendly, you know, kind way, as opposed to having to to involve suffering. But on the other hand, that's not to mean that the suffering is not coming from Hashem for ultimately for a good purpose. Because if Hashem just lets us get away with whatever we want to without any consequences, as we've spoke about before, then that's not a favor to us. On the contrary, that's, that's just allowing us to continue in our own, uh, you know, doing the mistakes that we've, that we've been doing and, and not uh, take our, our behavior seriously. So in any case... Um, this is, I think, an extremely important lesson that we have to learn. And throughout uh, Sefer Bracious, which is basically stories, everything is, is it, we, we see the, the, the plan behind everything and how everything is, is happening gradually on many different levels and how the knowledge of Hashem is the main thing. That's what we're supposed to come out of this whole experience of life with and and ultimately, you know, when the Mashiach does come, uh, that the whole point is that we will see Hashem in the world, and Hashem will be so obvious that no one even be any bechira left. You know, it will just be obvious that we have to serve Hashem. So, in any case, um, we, we, you know, look into what's happening here in a on a deeper level. The thought involved, the 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 kavana, the the the. Uh, the, the different levels of, of potential into reality and how that works and that's going to stay with us throughout the uh, the course of the entire the entire course.